Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome back to Good Humans Podcast. This is guest episode 126 with Dr. Rohan Ouija. This guy is an absolute legend and you're going to get a wealth of knowledge from this episode. A massive thank you, as always, to our sponsors, Drinker Rapper. These guys have been supporting me and this podcast for a very long time. They are the brain drink. If you're someone who takes, who likes to take care of your brain and likes to take your health seriously, then you're going to love Drinker Rapper. If you head over to their website, drinkerrepper.com, you can use the code GOODHUMAN for a big 25% off everything. But most importantly, go check out the science. Go look at the data studies that they have to show that their product actually makes your brain work better. So short-term brain performance. I really love the performance drink. I drink it instead of a coffee now. Such a good way to get a blast of energy, but with clear, focused mind. And also the drinks are all good for long-term brain health as well. So go check out the studies and go check out Drink a Repper. Okay. Also, if you can do me a huge favor, head over to goodhumanfactory.com. Learn all about the workshop that I've been running with both corporates and high schools. It's so cool to hear the feedback from so many people and knowing that, yeah, the workshops that I'm running are having a massive impact. Also, over on the website, you can use the code GOODHUMAN. Oh, no, sorry. You can use code PODCAST for a big 25% off. So go check out the goodhumanfactory.com. That would be a massive help for me. Okay, today's episode, Dr. Ouija. This guy is such a legend. I was reached out to by the 32 Dental Clinic, which is over in Southport, a few months ago asking if I wanted to come check out their clinic and get a free teeth whitening. And I was like, you know what? Absolutely. Why not? So I went and checked it out and I was blown away. One of the most beautiful dental clinics I've ever been to. Everything's really modern, upper class, and just like really beautifully laid out. But the thing that I loved about this clinic was every member of the staff was so friendly. Everybody made it so feel, feel so welcoming. Everyone was just so, so nice. But then as well, the equipment there just blew my mind. There's all these different things where they take photos of your airways and all different angles around your jaw and your teeth and everything to do with your mouth and your oral health. They have a piece of equipment to, yeah, state-of-the-art stuff to be able to really look into your airways, look at your jaw, look at everything. And it was something that I absolutely love getting to do. So Dr. Widgey and the crew over at the 32 have given me a little, uh, little gift that I can pass on to the Good Humans listeners. So if you want to go check out the 32 clinic, you can get a 32 and you comprehensive new client examination, which includes the airway screening and all of that cool stuff. Normally it's $232. They've said if anyone gives them a call and mentions Good Humans podcast, they'll do it for 180. So it's $52 off. It's a good solid 20% discount. But yeah, something that I really loved going and checking out this uh, dental clinic. And I'm sure you guys will too. After listening to this episode with Dr. Widgey, you're going to absolutely love this guy and want to go check out the clinic. So after getting my little treatment with them, I said, can I come back in and have a chat to you on my podcast? Because I think oral health is something we all need to take care of. But also the way that we got into a real deep chat, myself and um, Dr. Widgey, about the airways and how different things affect our breathing and how yeah, our teeth and oral health can be affected by it too. And all the machines just gave me such a good understanding of my own airways and different things that I need to adjust and change. But this chat was all about uh, Rowan and his story. It fascinated me. He's uh, a very smart guy that you're going to learn a lot from. If you enjoyed the episode, do me a huge favor. Hit like or subscribe. Tell a friend about it. And yeah, hopefully you can let some people know that it's going to help your teeth and help your oral health. So let's jump straight into the chat. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Dr. Rowan Widgey. How you going, mate? Good, Cooper. Good to see you again, mate. Man, it's great to be here in your beautiful uh, dentist office here, the 32 in, uh, where are we, Southport? We are in Southport. Jeez, you travel that much, you don't even know where you are oh on the God, planet. That's huh? funny. <laughs> I'm always away. But man, I came here and got my teeth whitened about six weeks ago now, mm. and we had a bit of a chat. I saw all the amazing equipment you guys use. We did all this facial stuff, and mm. 
we got talking about breathing, something that I'm super passionate mm. about and understanding why we breathe the way we do, why our mm. face acts the way it does. Mm. And we just had a really nice chat and I was like, man, you got to come on the podcast. <laughs> and here we are. So yeah. thanks for, um, thanks for agreeing to do this. Course, I guess man. to kick it off, maybe let the listeners know who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, uh, I'm, I'm Rohan, as we've already covered. Uh, and I think rather than being a dentist, or just a dentist, I feel that we're kind of purveyors of health and confidence. Mm. And, and I guess we just use smiles and dentistry as like our artistic medium for that. I love that. Is that's that pretentious great... enough for you? No, no, no. That's a beautiful way to put that <laughs> yeah. rather than just try and mm. say I make people's teeth. You actually showed a bit more why behind it, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Another question that I like to open Good Humans podcast with for all of my guests is what are you grateful for in life right now? gratitude huh wow how deep and philosophical do we want to get Cooper? as deep as you want wow wow well look i i would say uh, i'm grateful for a lot of things in life um the big thing the big thing in recent times has been i guess i'm grateful that i'm in a place right now where i've got not much left to prove to myself and that's massive for me and I think that allows myself to communicate really authentically with people like you. I mean, we haven't had many interactions together, but I feel like we've had really real interactions, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, there's, I guess I'm grateful I'm in a place where there's no confection about my interactions. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a very deep, deep and philosophical <laughs> Pretentious again. Yeah. <laughs> Not pretentious at all. It's just understanding who you are. And I feel yeah. like so many of us don't know that. So many yeah. of us are so lost trying to be something or trying to live mm. up to something for external validation, but the way that you describe, you sure. can't prove anything anymore. For it's sure. Beautiful. And, you know, like growing up, uh, I grew up in Sydney yeah. uh, with some pretty strict ethnic parents. Yeah, who, that's, that's where we're going to go. Let's go there. So let's tell care. me about your upbringing. Tell sure. Me about your yeah. Childhood. I mean, I had great, great upbringing. Yeah. My, my parents worked very hard to send me to a, a good private school in Sydney, which uh, they couldn't really afford at the time. So I've got immense gratitude for that. Like I wouldn't be here mm. without, without my parents. Geez, why am I feeling emotional? I think I'm sleep deprived. Yeah. <laughs> You're not sleep deprived. You're having somebody actually make you reflect, which yeah, is absolutely. what I love doing with this podcast. Quite a lot of times, someone who might speak to someone in your profession on a podcast might just talk about the teeth, talk mm. about um, mouth health, oral health. But I want to get to know you a bit more because I sure. think understanding the why behind mm. people's journey really gives people who might not be a dentist a way to relate to you. Yeah. So yeah, let's rewind back to the start. Let's talk sure. about, you said you went to a private school that yeah. maybe your parents couldn't afford. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that high school experience for you, for sure. you, what that was like. Well, I mean, school for me was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, my closest friends are still from, from high school wow. in Sydney. Um, I talked to a, to a friend yesterday at lunchtime. What school did you go to? Uh, it's called Trinity Grammar okay. in, in Sydney. Right. Uh, and I guess it, it taught me to be, I think, number one, a subversive thinker. And that's what's kind of served my personal growth and my professional growth through my life. Like it, it taught me to question everything, the status mm. quo, paradigms, dogmas. And I think being able to operate at that kind of frequency has meant that I've had the opportunity to kind of push the boundaries of my science and my art form, which has been awesome. Tell me more about that because I feel like school quite often the opposite can happen. It sure. can be a place that doesn't flourish a brain to think outside mm. the box, to challenge the status quo, and especially quite often a private school in Sydney. Mm. Where do you think that mindset came? Was there a certain teacher? Was there certain friends? Was there a mentor? Was there someone so who sparked this so interesting. curiosity? So interesting. So my friendship group were very high achievers uh, in our year um, and much more high achieving than me. For example, one of my friends got 100 in the UAI, one of 10 in the state. I think he composed an a orchestral piece for the Sydney Symphony Orchestra at 16, graduated year 12 at 16, double specialist now. And amongst my friendship group, I'm the runt of the litter, basically, you know. Um, so... I was mentored by my peers. There's a particular teacher, Dr. Harris, who was my ancient history teacher. And ancient history for me was actually my favorite subject. Mine was modern history. Modern, huh? I just, yeah. just I'm just sure. fascinated by like why we're living the way we are now. Sure. 
And it comes from history. Big time. Yeah. And we're like a product of that history, exactly. aren't we? Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I love World War I mean, World War II. Yeah. I love modern history, like learning about the, like, the mm. World War I, World War II and stuff. And Amazing. Going, well, yeah, ancient, yeah. The teacher. So, so basically uh, evaluating sources. Um, so, you know, you have information mm. from, from primary sources, from secondary sources, and being really analytical about people's opinions, interpretations, what are facts and what are not facts. Mm. So immediately I think... Uh, getting into ancient history, I was really analytical with information all the time, questioning, questioning, questioning. And actually one of my big regrets, Dr. Harris, uh, I, I never went back to see him after school and actually passed away earlier this year. Oh, damn. Yes, yeah, so I was speaking uh, about it with one of my best mates, James, and he also was the same. So we did the same subjects right throughout school, spoke every night about uh, about life and academics. And he said the same thing. It's like, it's such a big regret of ours that we didn't go and back and say thank you. Because wow. I wouldn't be here today without Dr. Harris. You know? Wow, that's a, that's a message for anyone out there. The mm. goosebumps just yeah. it's like, it's yeah. crazy. Sometimes the impact that people can have on us and they don't even know. Huge. It's like uh, someone said something to me recently about gratitude. Having gratitude for someone and not telling them is like, buying a beautiful Christmas gift for somebody and then just leaving it in the car and not giving it to them. So true. We have to express that gratitude. Exactly. And, and that's why now, not just gratitude, but it's like love. Yeah. It's like when you have love for people, holding it back and keeping that barrier up does no one a mm. good service. And that's why now, like, again, I said before, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm in a place where I can authentically express myself. Mm. I don't have those barriers up anymore. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, like, I fell in love with Adele yesterday. So this client <laughs> comes in and he's like vibing on the happy gas and he's like, oh, I'm going to play Adele. And this is like a blokey guy, right? And we started pumping Adele Rolling loud in the suite. Man, so good. And now, <laughs> now I'm going to have Adele tracks on my running playlist next to Kendrick. You know? I love that. I love oh, that. So, so the fact that I can authentically express myself now is amazing. It just mm. kind of sets you free, doesn't it? It liberates you. The way you talk about it now makes me think that it mightn't have been that way for quite some time. Mm. Let's think back to high school, how mm. you felt around being authentically yourself when you're sure. around a peer, a peer group of high achievers, mm. you're at a private school, so mm. you're obviously looking to get a high mark in school. Mm. You're, you're a dentist now, so mm. it kind of all roads lead one way when you're at school, but how was your confidence back then? How mm. was your understanding of who you were Interesting. from what you can reflect on? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the stigma with going to kind of, a, I guess, a high-end private school is that you are put in the box. Yeah. I guess I never felt that. And um, I guess maybe the confidence I had back then was probably a lot of bravado. I was trying to compensate because mm. a lot of my peers were far better off than I was. I didn't really belong there. When you say better off, do you mean from a socioeconomic status? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, but I never felt that. It was a very non-judgmental space. Mm-hmm. And especially my peer group, my friendship group, we're all just super supportive of each other. Very competitive, yeah, but super supportive. And again, wouldn't be here today without without those guys. So, yeah. Look, in answer to your question, uh, yeah, high school for me, um, I would never felt like I was put in a box. I always just felt I had that space and latitude to fully express myself. Mm. For example, uh, even in religious studies, I was I was very I was very questioning. Of religion etc um to the point where i'm sure i annoyed my christian studies teacher but to his credit he gave me a pluses every single year wow even though i disagreed with a lot of the things he said he recognized that i was genuinely grappling mm. with the subject you know yeah i love that yeah. it sounds like you had a, a, a great upbringing mm. i speak to a lot of people on this podcast in school quite often goes one or two ways mm. it's a terrible experience or a great experience yeah. you've had Probably one of the best I've heard described, which, wow. which is amazing. So yeah. let's talk about that next chapter. What mm. did the last year or two of high school, what did you think the next few years were going to look like? Were you like, all right, I know I'm going to go into, so yeah, where were you going to go? So interesting. So great question. Yeah, did um, you know what you want to do? Did you want to be a dentist at 16? 15? The answer is not. Um, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not the I mean, no one, amazing, but no just, one's dream job is to be a dentist. You I know? mean, some people, I mean some people, but like at a young age, you know, it's like astronaut, firefighter, yeah. secret agent, you know, yeah. pro surfer, you know. Um, but, but 
for me, I mean, it's a dream job for me now because, again, as I said, it allows me to be a purveyor of happiness and confidence. Mm. So I knew in the last couple of years of high school, I had this real streak for uh, establishing social positivity. I really wanted to add positive social value to, and it sounds a bit dramatic, but to the world. Like I wanted to leave the world better than when I found it. Mm. So I didn't know what route that would take. I mean, I did a lot of debating at, at school, so I thought I'd love to be a barrister and represent people, you know, and um, I also had, you know, I was passionate about health, so I thought maybe I want to get into the medical field. But uh, the underpinning of all of that was just adding positive social value. And mm. because I had the, my parents afforded me the opportunity to to uh, go to, to Trinity and um, have a great education. And I just, that was so powerful for me that I just wanted to, to pay that forward mm. in whatever way I could. Beautiful. Mm. So what was the next step? Finishing school straight to uni? What was the chapter? Straight after school to uni, like? straight to uni. I mean, the, between, uh, between school and uni, uh, something that was really uh, powerful for me, for me as well was a three-month job I had at Gloria Jean's Coffees in Strathfield in Sydney, where I, I was cleaning toilets for $9.15 an hour. And that was huge for me. I, I, I relished cleaning the toilets because, you know, it was like I, I knew, uh, you know, I, I, got into, I got into dentistry. I knew what path my career would take. I knew I was going to work hard and do well. I, I wanted to have that really authentic experience. And uh, for some reason, just cleaning those toilets at Gloria Jeans was awesome. And it, it means like even now, like around here, I'll be the first one to kind of pull the vacuum out or pick stuff off the floor because, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it just taught me teamwork and just doing stuff for your community. Wow, you so know? you got into dentistry at university at mm. the end of school but then yes. had the couple-month back gap yeah. before going to uni yeah. Yeah. and you're like, you know, I'm going to get awesome. there. Yeah, it was like really grounding. Yeah, you know? nice. yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Tell me about uni experience. Mm. Similar to your high school, similar friends. Did any of the friends follow a similar path or – did you still maintain that friendship group at uni? Different. So so I moved up here for uni, up to the Gold okay. Coast uh, when I was 17. So moved out of home when I was 17. Haven't, wow. been, haven't been back since. And uh, uh, a lot of growth for me, um, for sure. Um, and friendship group was still strong. Not as strong as school. I kind of grew up with the, with the kids at school, yeah. like from when I was four or five, wow. you know. Um, and, but I still have really good uni friends that I, that I, um, speak to now. Um, uni was great. I went to a single sex school in, uh, in, in Sydney, uh, coming up to the Gold Coast. It was the first time that I had genuine interactions with really, with women, really women. and partying and man, it was amazing. <laughs> like, like I, well, so partying. Yes. Yes. For sure. Exactly. For exactly. Fake school. IDs. All of that. Song. Yeah, exactly. Um, but having that respect for me i mean look look I, I went to school what 20 20 years ago now and especially a boys school is pretty chauvinistic mm. in in a certain sense and then coming into uh university I, you just realize that that feminine energy is like so profound mm. and women are so much smarter than men in so many different <laughs> ways so that was like beautiful to kind of experience that um but yeah uni was was a great experience but uni was always for me uh, not so much a profound emotional experience like I had in high school, I guess. It was always a conduit to what I was going to do yeah, yeah. with my career. Uh -huh. yeah. So how long was uni to – and then it was – so when did you make the decision dentistry is the one? Sure, yeah, good good question. So I, so I got into to medicine out of high school, got into law, um, and then I got a few uh, doctors in the family and they all said, do dentistry, it's a better lifestyle. I had no idea what dentistry was. Like I'd probably seen the dentist – for a clean like 10 times in my life and that's it growing up um so i just did it i don't know i just did it and uh and yeah it was it was really only in third year uni that i really became passionate about what we could do with dentistry yeah what was the first thing that made you go well, this is kind of cool what made you passionate in that third sure. year okay so my wife 
Uh, so I met my wife at uni as well. Okay. So she's in dental as well. Not anymore, but uh, she she was in dental and uh, and she got this job at this place that was fairly small on the Gold Coast uh, at the time. It was a company that invented a a way to kind of treat the causes behind crooked teeth and poor facial development. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, so they basically uh, designed and manufactured these oral appliances, basically oral devices that like you mouth use. mouth guards kind of thing? They can look like a mouth guard, for yeah. sure. Um, and it basically trained the, the muscles around the face uh, to work correctly and trained the breathing as well, to train nasal breathing. Like Invisalign or a bit different? Different, a bit different, okay. bit different, yeah. Invisalign is more kind of, Invisalign is yeah. a great tool uh, to align the teeth and we do a yeah. lot of Invisalign here. This kind of goes beyond that to treat the surrounding musculature wow. as well and the breathing. So um, so I, I could kind of write a little bit and my, my wife recommended to the director of the company at the time um, that he was releasing a new appliance, a new oral device and said I could write an article for it. And so he gave me his login to the uh, American Journal of Orthodontics, which is like the big journal. Um, and then uh, he, he said, you've got a 48 hour deadline to write this article for this appliance. And I was a poor uni student at the time. He said $300 check. And it was like the most amount of money I'd ever seen in my life at that stage. Gloria Jean's nine. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So I didn't sleep for 48 hours, Cooper. I read every single article there was to read in regards to this subject. And what I found, there was a disconnect between what was in the research and what I was being taught at uni. And I was like, this is the biggest travesty in dentistry. Why are we treating in this way and ignoring the role of breathing and muscles when this is what the research is saying? Mm. And I'm not like, I wouldn't classify myself as holistic. Um, I'm an extreme rationalist. Mm. But being an extreme rationalist has led me to more holistic treatments with a lot of what I do. Mm. Um, I don't like to do spells and voodoo. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a simple person. I like to see a result. But when the weight of the research is telling you one thing and I'm being taught something else, I actually felt a degree of anger. When you say that, I think I know exactly what you're talking about here. The fact that quite a lot of industries are doing things that, are almost putting a Band-Aid on an mm. actual problem. We're not looking at the root cause. Mm. We're not actually understanding, okay, why are our mouths getting smaller? Mm. Why are we having to rip so many teeth out yep. for orthodontists? Exactly. Why have we created a whole new industry of orthodontists mm. because mm. people's mouths are... And your curiosity that you obviously have branch in history. Mm. And that's something that really interests me. I'm sure you have, but know about James Nestor, the yeah, journalist absolutely. who wrote the book Breath. Sure. Mm. And I learned so much in that mm. about like, oh, we never used to have crooked teeth. No. It's because our food mouth's gotten smaller because mm. of food reading. Mm. <laughs> <Can't breathe. laughs> Here we go. You're yeah. about to stop breathing <laughs> right now. Can't breathe. <laughs> but, but I want to go in, maybe we start with this yeah. because then we'll go into the dentistry, how to mm. take better care of our teeth. Mm. What did you learn that made you go, sure. yeah, what was the thing that kind of made you start questioning sure. the what you're learning at uni, what to actually do with people's sure. mouths, but to okay. actually fixing a problem. Sure. Well, you, you briefly touched on it there. The the concept of removing teeth for orthodontics is one. Uh, and that also leads into sometimes we we do jaw surgery. So, so people who have incorrectly developed jaws, the jaws cut into pieces and rewire into place. Now, anything you do to treat the teeth and the bone it's always going to relapse, meaning going, it's going to go back to where it was mm. if you don't treat the root cause. So orthodontics traditionally has never been about treating that root cause. It's about straightening your teeth. Exactly. It's about moving stuff into a certain position. Why did it get into that position in the mm. first place? And if you don't treat that cause, obviously you're going to get relapse. And that's why over 90% of orthodontic cases will relapse wow. because those... those uh, Things were untreated. The cause is untreated, and it happens even with surgery. I mean, you'd imagine intuitively that if you're chopping the bone, it stays chopped. But what we found, for example, uh, with something called class three surgery. So a class three is when the lower jaw has grown further forwards than the upper jaw, yeah. um, and so to treat that, uh, it can be a combination of treating both the upper and lower jaw. But often you'll cut the lower jaw and bring it back behind the upper jaw, and the research showed that within twelve months, it's this moderate 
uh, to significant relapse when it comes to that. Wow. And you know why? It's because muscles will always push on the bone. Yeah. I mean, the medical industry has known about this for ages. I mean, treatment for osteoporosis is increasing skeletal muscle mass. Yeah. Why hasn't it translated to dentistry and orthodontics? You know, so, so these things, I, I read the research and it, it made me question not only that, but everything that I was being taught. That's the thing. I find it so fascinating, not just in medicine, but in any topic at university now. It's like if you're doing a four or five year degree, we're te- with technology now, stuff's evolving so quickly mm. that in four or five years, what you learn is outdated yeah, anyway. It's exactly. about pioneering and being upfront with, I mean, not upfront, but yeah. being curious with research and all the machines you have in here. You can Big see time. that you're always trying to pioneer and find ways, okay, how can sure. we actually make impact? Yeah. And you, you asked about like my high school experience. I mean, academically with the uni experience, as you just said, for example, a textbook, when it's written, it takes two years for it to be published. It's already outdated. Mm. All of our textbooks are outdated straight away. And then often our university tutors, um, they, they bring their own opinions, which is fantastic. But uh, is it the most up-to-date research? Mm. You don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So let's talk now, once you start getting this information, what's your next sort of line of attack? Okay, I finished my dentist, I finished yeah. my university mm-hmm. and then bring my approach yeah. into this realm. Sure. Or what, what, what went yeah. through your head then? Yeah. Probably 22, 23 years sure. old. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a yeah. A big industry that's been doing it for a certain way exactly. for a long time. Exactly. So so in third year uni, so uh, dentistry was a five-year course for me, the undergrad course, and third year uni um, had that epiphany, got inspired. Uh And I knew this is my uh, conduit for being able to kind of contribute to the world and add that positive social value that I was talking about. Um, So I kept on reading. Like, uh, and when I say reading, I was up till midnight, probably most nights of my life for about two years. Um, Obviously, some manic issues going on there as well. Uh, But I was just so profoundly inspired by it. and then uh, I started working for that company uh, literally uh, on my graduation day. So I was working. I got my registration prior. I didn't even want to go to my graduation because, like, what does it even mm. mean? I, I was ready to commit to people and to making a change. Yeah. I didn't want the, you know, the confection of getting a photo with, yeah, with yeah. my weird hat, you know. Um, and, uh, and I did my first lecture at 22. Um, and this was three months out of uni to, uh, 40 or 50 dentists, far more experienced than I was. It was an hour's lecture. I was throwing up out of nerves probably for two weeks prior, but I was so well prepared. Every single doubt or question I had in my mind, I had rehearsed answers for. So I knew I was so well prepared. I was still throwing up on the morning of the lecture. But after I delivered that lecture um, and we had doctors, dentists, a lot of people there, uh, I knew this is my path to to teach, but to also constantly keep learning mm. as well. Amazing. What was that lecture about? Was it about the stuff that you'd learn and trying exactly to say that. to people, why are we doing this? Exactly, exactly right. How is that getting up as a 22-year-old in front of established doctors and telling them they're doing it all wrong? Cooper, I was shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, I mean... Getting up there in front of people you respect, people yeah. I knew about. Um, I mean, that was, I was fearful about that on its own, but also trying to, uh, and it, look, to be honest, like in a way it was in my comfort zone because of all the debating I did uh, yeah. all throughout, all throughout high school, I was, I was ready for an argument. And to be honest, when I was very yeah. insecure, I was quite insecure uh, about my knowledge when I was, when I was younger. And so if anyone questioned me, I'd come down like a ton of bricks. I, mm. I would be like, here's a research, here's a research. This is why you're wrong. This is yeah. why I'm right. So I win the argument, but I'd often lose the audience. Yeah. So I learned to temper that yeah. with the more experience that I, that I had. And now, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm in a place where I've got nothing to prove to myself. And now if someone's a detractor, I, I completely understand their perspective. And now to mm. overturn opinions is so much easier because I'm not insecure about my knowledge anymore. Yeah. And it's easier to deliver the message. I love that. Mm. Let's talk about now this next chapter. You're finished, you're in your early 20s. Mm. 
was that next chapter we yeah. straight into working in dentistry? Yeah, well, well, the next chapter was I was lecturing overseas every month for about eight years. Wow! So From I became to talking yeah. about this topic of Absolutely. breathing and stuff. Yeah. Okay, tell me. All right, you've done so, it for eight years. Give me the, the three <laughs> key points that the listeners can maybe get out of that period sure. of what you were teaching. Got you. Okay, number one, breathing. So the reason why all of us, when I say all of us, it's probably the research has not, says 90%. I reckon it's close to 100. It's probably 98, 99% have some degree of crooked teeth and poor facial development. It might only be minor mm. and it might not be unesthetic, but it's there. And it's not a problem in and of itself necessarily, but it's a sign and symptom of an underlying health issue. Mm-hmm. So even if you've got a tiny bit of crowding Shouldn't in your lower like front that. teeth, yeah, why is it like that? And it doesn't necessarily need to be treated, the teeth themselves. But the underlying cause probably should be treated because it's affecting other parts of your body, mm. you know? And, and that in relation to our ancestors and the skulls mm. that we've yeah. dug up, there's sure. very rarely crooked teeth, far less than 90%. Big time. So correct? our primitive that's ancestors... That's why we can compare exactly. that there's something we're doing that's changing. Exactly. So our primitive ancestors had less than 2% malocclusion, wow. which is crowding and poor facial development. And then you see on adoption of a, of a standard American diet, they call it, or a westernized diet, uh, it literally goes to 75 to 90% in one generation. So we were taught it was maybe an evolutionary change that we've gone from not much crowding and not much bad facial development to a lot. But an evolutionary change of that magnitude would take hundreds of thousands of years, mm. if not millions of years to manifest. Whereas something going from one generation to the next, that's an environmental cause. Mm. And what is it? It's, it's, it's mainly diet, but there's other factors as why well. Why diet? Tell me why. I think I know. Yeah, it's softer, sure. Yeah, food's softer. We're not chewing. We're absolutely. not growing the muscles. Yep, that's right. So absolutely right. Two factors. The, the most obvious one is the texture of the diet. Uh, we had our primitive ancestors had much more fibrous, harder diets. Uh, and that means those chewing muscles, as you say, uh, uh, exercise a lot. And specifically, one of those chewing muscles is actually the tongue. Mm. So the tongue has to work hard to compress the bolus of food. We call the bolus. Bolus is basically when uh, the food gets chomped up a bit and mixed with mm. enzymes in your saliva. So the tongue has to work harder and it's actually tongue strength and tongue behavior, that's the biggest factor in facial development, where the tongue sits. Um, and so the texture of diet is, is one thing, um, but then also the nutritional value. For example, if we're having intrinsically inflammatory foods, then we're more likely to mouth breathe, mm. you know? Okay, so and, that's and one thing, the breathing. That's one thing. And sorry, the connection between breathing and the muscles is this, and it's fairly obvious. If you, if you breathe through your mouth, your tongue can't sit where it should, which is in the roof of the mouth. Mm. And the best way to know where the tip of the tongue should be sitting is if you say N for me. Can you say N? N. See where the tip of your tongue ends up? Mm. That's where it should be posturing at rest. And then getting the whole top of the tongue up there as well, which we call the dorsum of the tongue. Mm. So you should be posturing there and then your lips should be together. And that should be the resting posture. Teeth slightly apart, lips together, tongue in the right spot. So that's why we always start with breathing first, because if you can't breathe through your nose properly, then you can't get the tongue in the right spot. If you can't get your tongue in the right spot and the tongue's not behaving properly, then you start to recruit your facial muscles to swallow. Now, when you swallow, your face should be completely still. You shouldn't see any hint of movement. The only muscles that should be activated are the chewing muscles mm. yep. and in the neck as well, which are part of those muscles of mastication, we call it. So mastication is chewing. So these, these are called the masseter muscles. Mm. You've got your temporalis, pterygoids, and also muscles in the neck can be activated as well. But muscles of facial expression, for example, you shouldn't see movement underneath your lower lip when you swallow. Mm-hmm. And if you do have that, that not only crowds the teeth, but it holds back proper facial development. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, this stuff fascinates me so mm. much because it's something that every one of us does every moment of mm. every day is yeah. breathe. Yeah. Yeah, look, so many of us are doing it incorrectly. So I just want to reiterate what you said, how people should be just stagnantly with their mouth. It should mm. be mouth closed. Mm. That was another thing when I got my teeth mm. whitened the other day, you mm. said I've got like a line because mm. I keep my mouth slightly open Absolutely. and the oxygen. For sure. Gets- I've been watching you this whole time. 
Yeah. I'm annoying that yeah, one. No, 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 me too. Uh, yeah. I learned something yesterday that you yeah. should look into someone's left eye to create more of a connection. So Ooh, really? I'm doing something on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's working, mate. It's working. Um, yeah. So that's the first thing, breathing. So we should be breathing yeah. through our nose, yeah. um, tongue to the top of our mouth. Mm. And yeah. Yeah, lips together, teeth slightly apart. Okay, yeah, lips that's together, teeth slightly Correct apart. resting posture. Now, again, I said, I said I don't really like voodoo and anything too mm. hippie. But uh, that's apparently, people have told me that's like yoga principles, right? Mm. Tongue in the right spot, breathing through your nose, which is so interesting. So you're just drifting unconsciously. It's like, oh, I just don't judge yourself, but just slowly catch yourself each day. Now that you know this information, anyone listening right now, Mm. it's not about going, oh my God, I don't do it right. It's like, Mm. okay, from now forward, I know the correct way to do it. I'm going to try my best to do it. Exactly, exactly. And one other thing, just when it comes to breathing, another thing that, that should be firmly established is we need to be breathing lightly through our nose. Mm. If there's any hint of nasal resistance, meaning if you can hear yourself breathe, if it sounds like an aircraft taking off, there's an issue. Mm. If you can see yourself breathe, so if your shoulders are heaving, if your chest is heaving, if you if you have to put effort into getting air inside your body, there's an issue. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, we, we took that 3D scan of yeah, your yeah, head yeah, the yeah. other day. We, we checked structurally in your airway to see whether there's any structural blockages that's getting in the way of your light nasal breathing. And that's why we work very closely with ENT specialists Um, because, you know, the the airway is the gateway to oral health and Mm. and, uh, facial development. I love that. Yeah, just I'll give you guys a little shout out. If you come to the 32 where where we are right now, your dentistry, there's a machine that you were just talking Mm. about which fascinated me where you get a full scan of your head Mm. and it shows all your nasal passages, Mm. things that are blocked, and then... Yeah, once you actually know there's a problem, you can mm. try and fix it. Because I had a few blockages that, mm. yeah, we'll see. Mm. I wonder if I do it today. So that's one thing, the breathing. What else, in, you know, you do an hour keynote to mm. eight years. Mm. What else is something that most people probably would hear and go, oh. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, Because it's probably more than just the breathing that you kind of went, oh, why are we doing this in depth? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, look, I mean, let's, let's keep up with the breathing yeah. kind of theme. Breathing not only affects the the uh, position of the teeth and position of the jaws, but also just oral health in general. So mm-hmm. if you're breathing through your mouth, your mouth dries out. Mm-hmm. And saliva is the most important buffer you have against decay and against gum disease. You need to keep well hydrated. So um, that's one thing. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. will, will come in and we're like, hygiene's great. Uh, why is there decay in there? And diet's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be mouth breathing. Okay. So again, if you want to reduce your dental bill, look at your breathing, you know? Um, so that's why when, you know, when you came, came in for, I mean, we call it the 32 and you, which is our comprehensive exam. Reason why we call it, and a lot of people don't know why. And this is probably the first time we, we've said it uh, in a public arena. It's a play on 23 and me. Mm. Have you heard of that genetic testing? Yeah. yeah. So we're like, this is 32 and you because we feel we're almost like genetic testing at mm. that level of detail. So, you know, we went through a lot yeah, of detail yeah. with you because we don't want you to come in and we just say, there's a hole, we're going to fix it. We want to see what is the cause of the, the uh, of whatever's going on with your mouth. And yes, we'll do the filling, but we don't want to see you here again. We want to mm. give you the tools mm. to overcome the causes. You know? And just understanding, like I said, all your equipment here yeah. is so comprehensive yeah. to learn and understand the causes of mm. why am I getting a hole, not plug a hole and yeah. come back in a year exactly. and do another one. Exactly. It's understanding. So, mm. yeah, breathing is a big one. Mm. Why has our – let's talk about food then. Let's talk mm. about nutrition and how yeah. it affects our, sure. um, our teeth. What sort of food should we be avoiding when it comes to yeah. our teeth, when it comes to yeah. our oral health? What should we yeah. be eating yeah. more of? Because yeah, going very good the old diet thing, very should we be question. trying to eat more coarse and Big chewing time. food for Big our so Yeah. So look, as you know, it's a very emotive subject, diet. Everyone has a different opinion on it. I don't feel I'm the purveyor of all knowledge when it comes to diet. I can tell you certain principles that I feel yeah, are completely true. Exactly. Yeah. From a dentist's point of yeah, view, though, because exactly. obviously... Nutrition sure. covers yeah. everything exactly. about and us, but let's talk about it from time. a dentist point. And to put it in context, like I lectured in nutrition quite a lot and uh, I've gone through various phases with diet myself. You know, I, I was paleo for years. I was keto. Uh, I was vegan for 18 months. I've gone through the whole gamut of everything, right? Just trying to Do find. Do your own research. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. So um, 
what the, the principles are, number one, for tooth decay, it's sugar. Now, um, with, with sugar, people think that refined sugar is the only bad thing. Of course, refined sugar is bad for teeth. But also things like fruit, for example. If you're having too much fruit, uh, and when you have fruit or fruit juice, if you let that sugar and acid sit on your teeth, mm. it's going to cause decay. Acid is a big thing and acidic erosion of teeth. So sometimes like people out there, they might have had their teeth widened and they're like, oh, the result isn't, isn't as, as, as great as I thought it would be. Often, if you have quite an acidic diet, meaning things like lemon water, fruit, apple cider vinegar, that kind of stuff, which I used to do so much myself, um, that can erode the enamel. The enamel becomes porous and thin, and the layer underneath enamel is quite brown, and that can shine through. Mm-hmm. So no amount of whitening is going to whiten those types of teeth. You actually need to kind of stop acid wear and rebuild the enamel, and there are products to do that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think diet-wise, sugar and acid is something you've got to be really aware of. And it doesn't mean give up fruit. And this is for decay and for whitening. De- yeah. What should we do then as a fight back against that, like mm. post-eating sugar, sure. post-eating yeah. acidic things? Well, a good thing is to kind of rinse your mouth out with water is, is, is good. Like just chase down with water. You know, if you're at work, you, can, you can't really, uh, you know, maybe mix salt water up and, and swish it around and spit it out. But that would be ideal. Salt water is alkaline and it yeah. neutralizes acid really well. Yeah. So that's ideal. Bicarb soda, the same. But don't necessarily use bicarb soda to brush your teeth with because it can be abrasive and wear away the enamel. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly rinsing, it's good for acid neutralization. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not into mouth rinses so much. You know, a lot of people will, will kind of peddle, you know, Colgate mouth rinse, Listerine, etc. I think good just salt water mouth rinse. And it doesn't need to be like pink Himalayan salt harvested by like a one-eyed monk, you know. Mm. It can be it can be a straight sax of salt, you know. Yeah. Just to just to kind of neutralize that acid. I think it, it does really well. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think that's a, a simple one, just to have an understanding that at least do something if you're eating really sugary stuff, especially I'm guessing mm. before bed. Yes. Like making sure that yeah, you give a good brush. Well, let's talk about that. What's mm. the importance of brushing our teeth? Obviously, mm. it's like an obvious one. Everyone should brush their yeah. morning and why. Yeah. Why should we? What's it actually doing? Sure. What sort of recommendations around time we should be brushing um like right when we wake up yeah should we have it after our coffee in the morning talk to me about some good brushing um, habits yeah okay great question um number one the the reason why we brush our teeth is to get plaque off our teeth uh and plaque harbors the bacteria that cause tooth decay the way tooth decay works which is pretty cool i think is when the bacteria that cause decay when it when it sees sugar or refined sugar specifically, it consumes it. So it eats the sugar. And then Cooper, it doesn't poo on your tooth. And so that that poo is quite acidic. And that's what causes decay. Uh So that's why uh, you shouldn't feed this bacteria too much sugar. And when you do have sugar, rinse the mouth out with water, as we just discussed. And then getting the plaque off the teeth as well is obviously quite important because that's where the bacteria sits. Um, And then it's also... Another factor is, is gum disease as well. Plaque sitting underneath the gums causes gum disease. And it's a gum disease is massive. My, yeah. I literally spoke to my dad yesterday and yeah. he came from the dentist and yeah. we have family history of gum disease. Sure. That's why I'm here today. Mm, I'm yeah, getting my gums absolutely. done. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Talk, tell me about that. How okay. common is, is it in? Is it in people and how do we take better care yeah. of our gums? Because yeah, yeah. I'm someone who brushes my teeth yeah. and get yeah. um, blood pretty often. Yeah, sure. And that's obviously not sure. healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the research shows 75% and upwards of people have gum disease, which is mm. a crazy stat. Yeah. What's what's even crazier is the, the stage beyond just typical gum disease, which is gingivitis, is called periodontitis, mm-hmm. which is when it starts to involve the bone yeah. that surrounds your teeth. And a lot of people are walking around with that as well. And the scary thing is that periodontal disease has been linked to a three times higher risk of a heart attack. Wow. Which is huge. So um, I think for gum health, because, you know, blood goes through your whole body and uh, that's the bacteria has a conduit into your bloodstream through the gums. Mm. So so that's why gum health uh, is actually quite important for long-term systemic health as well. So 
you know, you, you mentioned bleeding gums and I've got bleeding gums as well. And, and the best thing to treat bleeding gums is to, is to floss. So to yeah, which is a pain. Let's in the talk about side. flossing. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. I don't reckon I flossed once since I came here, and I got yeah. tired to floss every day. Mate, no judgment. <laughs> yeah, no I'm, judgment. I'm, I'm probably myself. the same, mate. It's oh, all it's, good. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's a floss. What's look, it doing? It's not it's, just getting chunks of food out. Yeah, it's like flicking past hay and like. That's right. So it's similar principle to brushing. You're getting plaque off your teeth, but also plaque out from underneath your gums. That's why when you floss. Mm. You want to go deep underneath your guns. Yeah. And, you know, when people see blood, the reflex, I mean, whenever we see blood anywhere else in our body, the reflex is, oh, are we going too hard? Are we mm -hmm. going too deep? We're not. It's just the guns are inflamed. Yeah. There's plaque sitting under there. And after a good two weeks of good, vigorous flossing, you'll see that bleeding stop or at yeah. least reduce almost completely. Yeah. So when we're, yeah, so when we're flossing, it should be, yeah. let's talk about some hygiene. Yeah. Every day every couple days look i mean the recommendation is every day yeah. and look let's be real like i mean most people are sporadic flosses at best me included so yeah. there's zero judgment now um when look flossing's not easy there, there are other tricks you can use if you if you're not a regular flosser there's something called a water pick which is a good adjunct. yeah i've seen them yeah. They're good. yeah they're pretty good so so basically i mean it, it was designed for for patients with compromised manual dexterity. So maybe geriatric patients who don't have full control of their fingers, yeah, yeah. et cetera. Um, but for those of us who aren't maybe super regular flossers, it's it's basically like a like a little hose that you yeah, can use yeah. to, to flush. Yeah. So that's a good- I find it really hard because I've got the braces on that's the back. Right. We were talking the, about this the last wire, time, the yeah. wires on the back. Yeah. Mate, it just yeah. seems hard. To... Just on that with the wire, these days uh, we, we prefer what's called a hygienic retainer. So if ever we do Invisalign, for example, uh, you know, preference is actually not to have a wire retainer, mm. but sometimes it's reality. People won't wear retainers otherwise. Yeah. Um, so you can do a zigzag shape to the yeah. retainer, which means you can still yeah, get floss in there. You know? Yeah. I need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about just quickly, because I think this is a nice topic for people who are parents, obviously stopping these problems before they come. Mm. What sort of habits should a parent be teaching their kid sure. to avoid them ending up having to get braces. Cause I got braces. One of my sisters got braces yeah. like, and they're expensive. This is like yeah. a yeah. five, 10, $15,000 exercise. Yeah. The family to kind of afford it yeah. as something that can be yeah. maybe reversed if yeah. caught early enough. Yeah. And also for people mm. who have crooked teeth, how yeah. can we try yeah. without needing to go that route, make yeah. some better habits to help that. Such a good question. First, Stuff that we've already probably talked about yeah. today, but yeah, maybe just do no, no, action no, plan. no, absolutely. So, first thing to say is don't feel bad as a parent if your kid has crooked teeth. It doesn't mean you've done things wrong, because given all the knowledge I've had, like I look, you know, to to be perfectly frank, I'm yeah, I've probably treated the most amount of early intervention orthodontic cases in the world at this stage, wow. and even me, my I've got three kids, my son, seven year old son has horribly crooked teeth, okay? So look, you can't control every factor mm. in life. Um, and, you know, when I offer these, uh, these bits of advice I'm going to offer, as a parent out there, don't feel bad. In the end of the day, being a father of three kids, seeing what my wife has gone through as well, managing all these three kids, uh, just do what you can to survive the bloody day, yeah. you know? Um, and in the end, you can come to people like us or there's a lot of other great practitioners around the world who, who can fix things if the kids need further help. Mm. But uh, if you can, these are the things you should do. Number one, and this is a really emotive subject, again, breastfeeding. Now, it's not a reality for every parent to be able to breastfeed. If you can, breastfeeding is fantastic for a kid's facial and jaw development. If you can't, totally fine. It can be fixed down the track. Um, and the reason why breastfeeding is so good is because it's different to a bottle. When you suck on a bottle, not when you suck on a bottle, Cooper, when a baby sucks on a bottle, uh, you recruit these facial expression muscles that we were talking about before mm -hmm. to suck the milk yeah. or the liquid out of the bottle. Uh, the mechanism of action with breastfeeding is completely different. It's like the, a bite, huh? I'm sorry. There is a bite, yeah. But also beyond that, the tongue actually compresses the areola against the palate, against the upper jaw. That's how the milk is expressed. And then the, the jaw doesn't... It it you got it. So it it's teaching it tongue strength, first oh. of all, and that constant force is developing the upper jaw. Okay. 
So usually breastfed babies tend to have better developed jaws. So it's a different movement. It's like a sucking on a Completely bottle different. compared to a squeezing of the nipple Completely against different. the tongue. Completely different. Fascinating. But again, look. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously there's people who can't breastfeed they and can't. you're not trying to take away and, from that. I don't think don't you're saying that. that. It's yeah. just a yeah, yeah. general rule of thumb. Exactly. If you have a if choice, can, for sure. go yeah. with the breastfeeding. Exactly, exactly. For as long as you can. As long, look, as long as you get... This is interesting. I don't know these topics. This is interesting. This is really interesting. So the WHO recommends years and years and years. Like the longer you can breastfeed, the better. I mean, an eight-year-old being breastfed, no judgment. Lunchtime at school. (laughs) You know, no judgment. But look, socially, certainly in the West, you got to stop at a certain point. Um, I was actually breastfed till three. I don't have too many mummy issues, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But look, uh, a good six months is is yeah. fantastic. I mean, look, whatever you can do for your kid yeah. is great, you know. Um, but then after the breastfeeding phase, um, solids, you know. like uh, And look, you see a lot of baby food out there, which is in packets and really mushy. Again, when you're on the go, it's a busy mother, particularly in the West, you've got to do what you can to get through the day. But mm. as long as you start to incorporate lots of texture in the diets as early as possible, okay. then they develop those chewing muscles mm. really well. It makes sense. Cause yeah. And it's like, yeah, you want to, it seems like based on like easiness for parents, you're just mm. chucking a little yogurt to yeah. let the kid get it down. It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But, and again, look, again, being a parent, like you got to take it away. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah. at least have some sort of balance. Don't it. just only have soft you food. Got it. It's like, you all right, how quick. Yeah, yeah. Love that. So that's two good ones. That's right. On and the then harder foods. Harder foods, yeah. And then also the nutritional value. Now, look, I, I'm not an expert with the, with the nutritional value side of things. And I think, uh, you know, going through the lots of dietary phases I've been through, I've also come to realize now that we all have different genetic phenotypes. Like, mm. like my parents are from Sri Lanka um, and, you know, Sri Lankans grew up on basically like our ancestors was, they basically had mainly a plant-based diet. And then, you know, Europeans, they, they herded cattle for a while. So they were, they, you know, they ate beef a lot more than I guess people in Asia. Mm-hmm. So there's probably something to be said about phenotyping when it comes to dietary choices. So something that's intrinsically inflammatory to you with your genetic heritage might be different to me. Like what I know for me personally is dairy does make, give me respiratory issues. So I wouldn't say I've cut out dairy completely. I still love a good cheese, you know, but uh, but certainly I don't drink much mm. dairy milk, you know. Okay. And certainly a lot of ENT specialists I've spoken to, that's often a recommendation mm. that they feel dairy can also cause respiratory issues. Okay. Yeah. So just trying to at least be curious and be aware exactly. if certain things aren't yeah. like try and eliminate stuff to make it. sure that your kid's in exactly. the healthy thing. That's right. So they're three probably... Good tips just for people to start so. with, especially with the young ones. I love that. Yeah. The last little angle I'm going to go with, we're going to go back up to everyone who's listening right now. Mm. What's the top two tips? We've kind of already gone through them all with brushing and stuff, mm. but just like lastly, what are top two tips for people who are listening right now? Probably haven't gone to the dentist for mm. a little bit too mm. long. What's sure. your recommendation? Like, And let's be honest, because I, I went to one recently and they're like, come back every three months for a clean because mm. you've got the gums. I'm like, mm. I know me, like once a year is... Mm. Probably my limit of what like I'm, mm. I'm, I should I know I definitely should do it mm. at least once a year, mm. probably more than once a year. But yeah. give me a recommendation for someone who's because mm. I know there's people out there that go dentist is expensive. That's mm. one thing. Like mm. unless you got like I don't know private health. Like, I pay for mm. it out of my pocket. So mm. it's like, how do we get the most bang for our buck? Mm. What are some strategies to not have to come see you too often? Sure. But then yeah. how often should we come see you sure. as a like minimum? Yeah. Interesting question. Long, multifaceted question, but you get no, the no, gist. No, I do get the gist. And I, I think let's bring it back to the principle of prevention. And yeah. I, I think, um, look, a six-monthly check is actually quite good to do. It sounds like a lot. Um, the reason is because say you've got a spot of decay um, and it, it's diagnosed at six months um, and we see it all the time. We, we'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we can watch it and see how it goes. And we see them six to 12 months down the track that spot of decay is bigger, mm-hmm. which means it's more expensive. Uh, and worst case scenario, that spot of decay goes into the nerve of the tooth. And if it goes into the nerve of the tooth, Cooper, it means root canal treatments yeah. or removing a tooth. 
root canal treatments are thousands, removing a tooth and replacing thousands. Yeah. So that's why I think bring it back to the principle of prevention. You're better you know? spending 150, 200 bucks exactly. every six months that's rather it. than exactly. a couple grand every And then it's beyond the, beyond the finances of it, like pain. Like, yeah. the, you know, nerve pain is some of the worst dental, one of some of the worst pain. There's nothing worse than a toothache. It's huge. I haven't yeah. had a toothache since I was like 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm right. Very lucky but you're still traumatized by that. Yeah, toothache. seriously. Toothaches <laughs> yeah. are nothing it's worse than so a bad. throbbing It's tooth. so bad in the middle of the night. So look, that's why I say prevention. And look, everyone's day-to-day reality is different, you know. Yeah. And so look, do what you can. But I think the guiding principle is prevention. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Let's t- quickly go on that just because <clears throat> I know there'll be people listening who have had a toothache or who will have a toothache in the future. Mm. What do you recommend for a toothache? <laughs> well, look, toothaches can be come to a dentist, work out what yeah, the problem is. Yeah, I like, think so. For instance, look, somewhat relieved. Yeah, in bed, sure. You're like, oh my god, I can't okay. go to the dentist till All tomorrow. Right. Okay, here we Thank go. You. Here's you might have a trick though. I bet you do. We do have a trick. You do on our website. We're so thirty two dot com dot au the thirty two dot com dot au. Um, we have this texting function. If you text us any moment of the night. One of us will get it and we will be happy to at least prescribe some medication to get you through the night at any time. Oh, that's well, so online. Night. You can get a yeah. prescription for yeah, a bit stronger painkiller if you So now I'm getting bad looks from my from my managers, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. This is why I have two managers, Cooper. Not for, <laughs> not for the staff, but for me. They need to manage me. Um, but yeah, look, that's, again, adding positive social value, like we'll do that for you, even if you're not a patient. Well, what about someone if they're like, they don't want to go to a pharmacy at night, they're at home, is there like any little remedy? Yeah, like well, salt look, water look, or something? Sometimes, or like warm salt water or like... Yeah, warm salt. Look, if, if there's like a gum infection, um, then like a warm salt water can, can work. Even uh, interestingly, clove oil has a, a basically an analgesic effect. So basically it takes away a little bit of pain and a little anesthetic effect as yeah. well. Um, so those clove oil, salt water rinse, that's probably the most you can do. And obviously pain meds. Yeah, yeah pain meds. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Man, well, I've loved this chat. I'm about oh, to go too. sit down and get some happy gas up my nose. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so happy for you. Going yeah. to get some, um, going to get my teeth done. But yeah. this has been incredible. Thank you so much for sharing course, all man. about your story. It's been Really cool to hear your upbringing, the way that you think, I think has been something that fascinates me. That curiosity from a young age is quite rare, but then standing up against the establishment and trying to understand, okay, we're not just trying to smack band-aids, we're trying to improve people's health. I think it's really noble and you're definitely doing that. And if anyone's around um, the Gold Coast, I highly encourage coming and do that full checkup and understanding how your breathing pattern is, how your teeth fits, how your jaw sits. And then, yeah, come have like knowledge is power you can't do much if you don't know but coming here is a great way to do that i do finish all of my podcasts with the exact same question mm. and i'm excited to hear your answer but i'm going to ask you your last name again because i forgot uh Wee-Jay. 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 Yeah. okay so what does being a good human mean to Rahan wow i love that question okay <laughs> we talk about Take it as time. a team all you the do? time Beautiful. we do i mean like you know, our whole ethos, like the, the reason why we started this was, again, to add positive social value. So, what's And before you answer this, yeah. I'll absolutely attest to this. And yeah. I've been to many places before. Actually, and this is, I'll give you a bit of a story before mm, you can please. think about your good human answer. Because yeah. I told you, I went to a dentist like two weeks before mm. and then I got a message from your guys' team saying, hey, come in, we'd love mm. to offer you a mm. teeth whitening, come mm. check out our space. And then when I came here, I thought I had a good experience at the last one. Mm. I had a really nice dentist in Sydney. He's mm. a great young mm. guy. Mm. Then I went to this other one and the guy gave me some cool education about flossing. I was like, yeah, cool young guy as well. I really did. Mm. And then I came here and the, just the facility, the mm. way that your staff has, mm. have treated me, the way that I saw them treat other customers, mm. the beauty of the studio that you've got, it's mm. like quite artsy and you mm. give back as well. Like it, it's mm. an amazing facility. So mm. just going off the back mm. of um, that you talk to your staff about being good humans, it mm. definitely comes across. So yeah. I want to just oh, well, say that. I appreciate that, mate. That's like amazing feedback. I appreciate that. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, and at the risk of sounding airy-fairy, it, it all starts with love. Mm. Uh, like when the the client walks in, we want them to feel loved. And we, we've had a couple of new staff come on recently and they ask, wow, why are all the patients so nice here? And I think it's it's not as if we're, we're tapping into a small subset of the community that, that's amazingly emotionally intelligent necessarily. 
it's that I think they feel the love from us. Like every single touch point here is geared towards us expressing authentic love mm. for people. We are grateful for people coming in. Uh, we're grateful for, for life in general. And we want to pass that gratitude on and that love on. So it starts with love. Mate, well, I love that. <laughs> it's been um, amazing getting to hear your story. There's been so many great bits of information that I know my listeners will just soak up, whether it be the nose breathing, whether it be um, breastfeeding for kids. There's all these little things that mm. I learned, like the, the why breastfeeding is important. And I think the why behind stuff is so important, like mm. the why behind the flossing. Like all mm. this, I think people will leave here feeling a bit more educated, mm. hopefully inspired to go and get a um, teeth check up. And yeah, it's mm. going to take care of their health. So, mate, Amazing. thank you so much. Let's go get my teeth done. Let's get some happy guests happening, huh? You legend. Cheers, <laughs> Thanks, brother. Mate. Cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 